Okay, so do you re- you realize the RBRS? That's Red, Red Beans, Beans Roadshow. Road yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go. Uh, I'll let you know when the mafia clears us. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna he's gonna make you a dinner you can't refuse. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> it's just really sad that you know we're episode two hundred eight. Everyone's congratulating us. Little do they know it's the last episode. Right, right. Uh, I'm gonna go into uh, competitive flower arranging, and uh, Bill is is uh, exploring interpretive dance. Yeah, as well as spitting to the restaurant across and the street. Spitting to the restaurant. <laughs> There's no way. I want you know spitting. You've got somebody that knows that you know somebody that's got a GoPro. You I want video. I want proof that you can spit. You know what? It's like those guys. Have you seen like those those Australian nerdy Christian guys who throw basketballs like across the court and bounce them <laughs> off walls and into the hoop? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Australian nerdy Christian guys. Yes. No. Why Australian What's, Are they nerdy because they're Australian or are they nerdy because they're Christian? Go ahead. Put your foot any further in your mouth. Go ahead. Uh they are they are they are nerdy because of neither of those things. They're just nerdy. They're All called right. how ridiculous. Do you know these people? No. Oh, okay. Well then there you go. Que I, will, ridiculous. I, I will I will put a link in the show notes and put you a link here because it's uh they are they are really good, but it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, how many times did they try that in order to make that happen? Because it seems kind of impossible. You could try all day long and there is no way that you could spit all the way to the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, these guys throw a basketball off the CN Tower into a hoop kind of stuff, you know, and it's like, OK, well, there's no way that's possible. How do you get a permit to do that? And what if you get whacked? Like, what if you're walking down there and you get whacked by a basketball from this? That would kill you. Yeah, probably would. It would kill you. Although I'm sure it hits terminal velocity. It know? would still kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it, it hit you in the right spot, it would not knock you right in the neck. Yeah, they've like they're, they're like like sporting clay shooting by hitting it with a golf ball kind of stuff. It's like stuff that is shouldn't make any sense, hmm. you know. Anyway, uh, you know, you can go look at that and tell me what you guys think. All right, let's start this show. All right, uh, it is Tuesday. It is April the nineteenth. Did you file your taxes yesterday? If you live in the U.S., your taxes were due yesterday. Uh, Not I filed 15th. my taxes two months ago. Yeah, well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I will hold on. I have to scratch off my next question. <laughs> 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 it was it was actually kind of weird having it later on what, and why was that something was friday what was friday this last friday yeah that's they moved oh. it because something was friday so they moved it to to monday oh i you know i have no idea maybe just a friday was not a legal day you know oh you know maybe, maybe it's like a religious thing for people who have like the sabbath starts on friday oh okay Sunday. Maybe. I, I don't know i'm just i'm guessing all right well anyway uh, it's, uh, it's Tuesday, the 19th episode two zero eight, the fourth anniversary, big live show. Thank you to, uh, the folks at rogue amoeba, rogue amoeba, rogue amoeba, rogue amoeba for, uh, for hooking us up with a copy of nice cast. It's, it's, uh, we, we've been using their, their audio hijack product for a long time, even back when it was still audio hijack pro, which now it is way better. Yes, it is. It is way better now. It's way better now. But we've been using that for a long time, and they were kind enough to uh, to send us over a copy of Nice Cast so that we can do this live, and we can do future live shows, and we can do uh, you know 
We just, just live. We could just get on the mic. We could just occasionally talk. for fun. We can. Ju- we're going to live cast Bill spitting to the restaurant. Yeah, as it's- as if you needed more time of listening to us babble along. <laughs> Somebody said wrote me the other day. Oh, it was my agent, and she's just like, I finally listened to an entire episode. Nice. That's nice when your agent can't even be bothered. Yeah. You're I, like, nah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> nah. She tries so hard. It's just too much for her, and she can't listen ah. as fast. So okay. Fielding said it was Emancipation Day in D.C. Come on. Well, wait, what, really? wouldn't that's it be Emancipation the Day everywhere, not just D.C., right? Well, no, you never know, because like it's Patriot Day. It was Patriot Day on Monday. In, uh, like, here like we go. The football team, the Patriots, like those? Well, yes, but ideal, I think it was, it's some revolutionary war or the Battle of Concord or something. Anyway, the, the, there's, this is the day they run the marathon in Boston. It's also a state holiday, but it's not a federal holiday. There's a marathon. I want to do a marathon next, next year in Baltimore. It's called the Red Shoe Shuffle. Did you actually run 26 and a half miles? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a 10 K. I can do oh, a 10 K. Okay. I've done it. Then why do they call it a marathon or they call it a 10 K? I think it's just a, I think it's just a 10 K might even be a 5 K. Huh. Apparently. Yes. It was the IRS observing emancipation day. I don't know if I could do a marathon. I don't think I could. I mean, not without a lot of prep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my marathon days are behind me, although I've never been much of a runner. You're more of a runner than I am. Maybe you could actually do that. I have no desire to run a marathon. I could, I would bike it, but I wouldn't want to run it. Yeah. I think it's a little different. <laughs> You're like, I could drive the Look, course. Don't take this away from me, man. <laughs> You're like, I could do it on a Segway. Right. Segway. <laughs> Fucking Segway. I see those tours all around DC. I'm like, what's, what are you doing? I just want to try one once. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Get uh, okay. So it is on taking pictures. Uh, Bill Wadman in... I almost just said New Jersey, but you're not in New Jersey. In Brooklyn, I am Brooklyn. Uh, Jeffrey Sidoris in D.C. David Gardner is in Jersey. Isn't he in Jersey? Uh, David Gardner is in Jersey. Uh, many Freddy. of the Connors children Connors. are in. Yeah, the 42 Connors brothers are in Jersey. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Lots, lots of people in Jersey. All right. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, it is our anniversary show. It is our anniversary show. Yeah. You, you know, this... I. Can I wax poetic about this, about this a little I, bit? I figured that's probably exactly what we'd end up doing. So go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about this. I, I think about it a lot, actually. But I was thinking about... <laughs> Hold on the, a second. Is there anything you don't think about a lot? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> nothing. The, I was thinking about the ripple effect of this show. And, and how this show is either directly or indirectly responsible for so many things in my current life. You know, uh, a lot of my friends that I have now are because of this show. I talk to people in different time zones, on different continents, in different countries, you know, because of this show. And, and I have gotten feedback and given feedback and, and uh, given and received advice. And, and it has, it has, this show has changed my life. The community of people that make up the listenership of this show have changed my life. Yeah. And I said I wouldn't do this and I'm not going to do it. Oh, I just whacked my mic. Uh, but thank you, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> I was thinking about the fact that we've done 743 hours of you and I talking and, right. uh, 
it's funny there there is a certain value to you know some people write in in the daily projects weekly projects and you know what should i do how should i do it's like a lot of times it's really just about doing it. it doesn't really matter what you do there there is a certain value in just continuous output you know mm-hmm. not every one of these 208 episodes is the kind of thing you want to listen to 10 times you know well okay you speak might, for but, yourself yeah exactly but but i feel like some of them are very valuable and those only came out because we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, we haven't missed a week in four years. Right. No, you're right. This has been, this has been the most consistent project I've done in a long, long time. Yeah. And, and I think, I think a lot of that value is just the consistency, you know? Yeah. Um, Because, and, and the, the, the sort of ancillary, um, the, the, the ancillary things that kind of arise from that. This, this show, I mean, I was I was back in I'm into photography. This feels weird, but I I was I was shooting before we started doing this show. But I can say with with a great deal of of reassurance that this show has increased my interest in photography again. It's it's sort of reawakened my interest in photography, and and it's. Again, going back to to you guys that are listening, you guys that write in week after week, leave voicemails. Have you have you seen this person? Have you read this book? Have you gone to this exhibit? There is such an amazing sense of of and it, and this word gets used, it gets batted around a lot. It's but there is an amazing sense of community yep. in the listeners of this show, and there have been friendships that are not just you know you and I, but there are friendships that have been that have been formed in the community because of listeners, because of, of, you know, the, 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 this camera, this, this thing that we all enjoy trying to get our, our, you know, trying to get a handle on, trying to get our, our, our heads around. You know, last week when we were recording the show, we kind of mentioned, Oh, next week's our anniversary show, blah, blah, blah. blah. I'll look forward to that. And then we got, you know, 12, 15 emails, voicemails, maybe, you know, 20 in total from people just saying, thanks and congratulations a lot like, of i didn't i didn't expect it or yeah a lot of people we'd never heard from before too yeah that yeah. was emails that that from people that i hadn't you're getting all the clint aren't you mm, yeah <laughs> shut up <laughs> can't help it you're a it's sensitive good. man it's good so thank you guys yeah. girls um it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been fun. Anyway. You don't about them bears. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. How about, that? you know, I did go see a Red Sox game, although, uh, luckily they didn't know I was from New York because they probably would have beat me up. Narrow chairs at that Fenway. You have to go someday. I have cool. never been to, well, I've never been to Boston. Is that's where, that's where it is, right? Boston. Yes. Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you took a photo. I took a photo. Yes. With my that was phone. the only photo that you took <laughs> of, of the field Yeah, of like me being there. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting talking to my friend. How long did um, it take you to add the lens flare? Uh, I didn't actually. That was, uh, fr- well, thank you. Allo clip. <laughs> really? That's from the Allo clip. Oh yeah. 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 I thought you stopped using that because you didn't, you didn't like the, uh, 
oh, it's really heavy distortion and stuff. I just didn't want to carry a camera around with me, and I happened to have it in my pocket, and we were far enough away that the wide angle was a little too wide, you know. So Who won? I, uh, I do believe the Red Sox won. We only stayed for four innings because we had somewhere else to go. But my my buddy has season tickets, so it was sort of a, hey, let's go to the game for a little while, and then we have to go to this other thing, so. I can't wait to go to a Nationals game. I don't even care who wins. I just want to be at the ballpark. I, you know, I will tell you that Fenway, I'm not a huge, right, I'm not a huge baseball fan. Like, I don't watch it on TV. I don't follow this stuff. I used to be really into baseball cards. I had millions of baseball cards, like cases upon cases upon cases of baseball cards at home when I was a kid. Oh, uh, wait, were you ever into baseball or were you only into the cards as objects? Uh, mostly into the cards as objects as a collector's thing. Huh. Uh, so my father and I back in the mid 80s started buying this was like when stuff became really hot like 87 we used to we bought a bunch of like flare rack pack cases and you know i don't know what that means okay yeah well people who are into that stuff will know and we anyway we bought tons of why don't you take a moment and explain to me what it means so you know you have baseball card sets right from a particular brand like tops right Okay, so you you might order top sets that come straight from the factory, one of each. So you don't have to collect them all. They just kind of come in order as a set. You get to pick like who you want or do they just come random? No, you get you get you get one of every card in the series of the year. And then so that's that's called a set. And so a case of sets would be, say, 15 or 20 of those sets in a single case. And then you can buy those cases as investments. This is Mm. like a thing. So you have 15 um, of each person or 20 of each person? Theoretically, yeah, but you would never break them up. It would just be like you have card one through card 600 or whatever it so is. So you sell them as a set. You don't you sell, sell. It's, right. it's fascinating. I mean, I, I know of the existence of baseball cards. I've just yeah. never oh, talked okay. to anybody right. about yeah, how the mechanics of how it all works. Right. So you can do that. Now, back in the old days, people used to buy like the little packs with the gum in them, right? Like you probably bought when you were a kid a couple of times. Right. Um, so th- those are little packs and you could buy boxes of the packs the, the kind of things you would sell at the store, you know, like you buy, like you go to for, Costco or something and you buy like a wholesale box or something. Yes. Right, right, right. Okay. okay. So like the, like the display box that they would sure. have at the store. Sure. So there were also these things called rack packs, which were essentially, uh, three packs of cards in a, uh, sort of a strip, like a, like a plastic strip where, you know, it was like set each one was like in a separate little pouch and you could hang them on a peg. Like, you know, like you would put on a store wall, you know, like okay. hang them. Okay. And those and are called, guys that's called a rack pack. Yeah. So, so there was like multiple brands. There was Donruss and there was flair and there was, uh, uh, tops. And, and so we used to buy, you would buy a case of a 1987 flair rack pack case. And that would be a thing. And, you know, at the time you could you would buy, buy one of these for each team. No, you would buy multiple. I think we had actually 10 cases of flare 87 flare rack packs oh. and we bought them for like $140 a case. And then they went up to over a thousand dollars a case for a while and we sold a bunch. So we kind of paid for everything. But then by the time I sold the rest of them after my father died, the market had the bottom had fallen out of the market. So I sold all of it for like $3,000 just because I just didn't want to have to deal with it up in my mom's house. But Who I was do responsible for the, for taking the photographs on those. Was it, was that, was that commissioned by the, by, by major league baseball or are I do the believe, teams responsible for I taking do believe the, the card companies actually had a deal with the teams and they would go shoot. Cause it was a different picture on each. Uh, oh really? Each, so each brand's so tops card. or whatever, they would send somebody out yep. and photograph everybody. to spring huh. training or whatever it is and shoot everybody, you know, like put them up. And, and do that. And, you know, most of them, if you look at them now, most of the photography is pretty terrible. Um, I did it. In fact, I, I, I mimicked a uh, old baseball card photo shoot for a friend's album cover a few years ago. 
uh, and like, you know, uh, uh, did like a dot pitch look on it. So, you know, it was all like, looked like it was printed. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I was into it for the objects as a, as a collector's kind of thing. Um, and I still have a handful of cards that, that are meaningful to me. Like in 1975 tops made a set that were mini that like imagine a regular size card cut in half and then, you know, rotated. So imagine like a little, a mini baseball card. Right. Um, they made a full set of these mini cards for, for, for 1975 and they're not like crazy rare, but they're pretty rare. And I have an entire set of 1975 mini cards, which had to be put together back then. They didn't sell sets complete. So I have like a few things that are kind of rare. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that, I never really went to a lot of baseball games. I mean, I've been to probably a dozen baseball games in my life. Uh, did but you had, ever play? You didn't play baseball, did you? Uh, I played little league, but I was terrible at it and I hated it. Um, so it, you know, I'd, it was, it was never about the baseball for me. It was about the, Oh, you know, you could buy this one and maybe I can make a deal. And you know, just it's the usual collector it's, stuff. The, the, the idea of collecting something, whatever it is, the idea of collecting something that you really have no interest in is fascinating to me. The, 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 the idea and not, not, I'm not picking on you. I'm saying yeah, anybody yeah. for anybody. Yeah. Collects anything. Beanie babies that, are worth something. As long as they're collecting beanie babies. Right. You really don't, yeah. you don't care about the thing. You don't, you don't care about the surrounding culture. You just care about the thing as an investment. Yeah. Well, and I, I think mean, that's, it's one of the problems that's happened with art is so many people buy art for the sake of buying art. And they don't really enjoy it or like, like the idea of, of buying art and then putting it in storage and just waiting for it to appreciate is just yeah. bananas to me. You know, there was a really interesting article actually in, ah, shoot, New Yorker, uh, that I actually meant to put in the show notes that re- you just reminded me of about those Panama papers, you know, like all these things that have come out about crazy bank accounts in Panama banks and all that. I, I haven't really looked, you know, I, I've heard of it. I've seen the okay. headlines, but I, well, I don't really know what it is. There was an article about the how how the art industry is involved in all of that and basically just people buying piles of art and then keeping it as you said they'll buy it from one guy you know and and one guy sells it to another guy but the painting never moves out of the warehouse that it was stored in you know like it stays where it is you just basically sold the pink slip to the to the painting and that like the value of all this stuff is like a really good way for people to hide money who are really rich and you know the 1% keeps getting richer and it was just it was an interesting article on 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 how all of that is involved in what we're talking about but yeah Using it is art to launder money is just icky yeah i know i know well you know that's because you and i care about art but there's a lot of people like that's like somebody saying the fact that you're trying to make money on baseball cards is icky cuz baseball is you know american is apple pie and all the rest of it you know is it uh, people say it is. It's I don't funny know. that it's the World Series, but it's only American teams. Uh, Canadian teams. Actually, wait, is the last Canadian team dead? I don't even know. Are there still the Toronto Blue Jays? Uh, yes. I'm forgetting. Okay. Yeah. So, so the Canadian teams too. Uh, yeah. And it's true. It's, it's called, it used to be called the World's Series. Apparently, I read that in a book the other day. Um, yeah, it is. You know, it is weird. So you go like, to a baseball game. You read about baseball. You used to collect baseball cards, but you have no interest in baseball. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So, so what I was getting at initially was that seeing baseball in person, like sitting and watching a game in person, is way more interesting to me than ever watching it on TV. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's just something to, you know, sitting there with a hot dog, chatting with your friend, like waiting for something interesting to happen. And like, whoa, look at that guy. He's stealing the base or, you know what I mean? Like double play and that guy. 
oh, I'm, I know all these sports. I'm just don't care. You know, um, I like baseball. I, I would pre- I prefer to I would prefer to go to a baseball game over a football game any day of the week. Uh, I think yeah, football I know. is is the most boring thing in the world to watch live. I, I would agree with you. I've never been to a football game, so I can't say for sure, but I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, but so- I used to love watching football as a kid. Oh, you, but now you sort of when lost interest. When I played and wa- like like that whole like Roger Staubach, uh, Terry Bradshaw rivalry back in the 70s. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. I, I was I, I that loved was it. when men were real men. <laughs> that, that one guy. Oh, who was the guy that did the voice? You know, like the voice of, of it wasn't was it ABC Sports or he just did all of the the voiceover for the football documentaries and football feature like Oh, that. I know that guy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was from, but I I'm like sure it. somebody can answer that. Uh, I, yeah, I, it's it's a weird thing. Like, I'm not, I don't know. I, 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 so anyway, the point was that it was fun watching a few innings of it in a way that I would never choose to watch it, you know, otherwise. You know what this was the baseball cards too, which is, gets back us to the original thing, is that my father and I did it together. And I think ah, that there okay. was, so that there was some sense. of that in there. And, and I'm sure there, that is the reason why a lot of people watch sports now. You know, my father was a Sox fan and, you know, so I'm a Sox fan, you know, that kind of stuff, which is, which is fine. But like, I just, I never had that sports thing with my father, but right. he did, he would buy me <laughs> in 1982. This is like a weird thing. 1982, 1981, 1983. There used to be these books you could buy that, that had a team on each page, each like full spread page. And there would be a hole on the page for each player, like a little, uh, like an outline of where a thing was supposed to go. And you used to buy these packs of stickers that you could rip open and then you would get stickers and then you'd kind of try to complete the book. Like, uh, like, like, a, like an advent calendar for baseball. Yes. That's exactly what it was like. Wow. Um, and my father Without used chocolate. yeah, <laughs> my father used to give me, packs of 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 stickers as like he would buy a a box or two at this like little kiosk across the hall from where his uh record store was and he would he would buy these and then like when i was a good kid or get good grades or did what i wanted him to do he would like give me a pack of stickers it was like some weird you know reward kind of thing so you didn't get them very often yeah yeah well (laughs) no then i figured out where they were and i started sneaking them (laughs) oh you stole you stole from your father yep yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. I still have that book because there was like three that I never completed. And I was like trying to like find the three that I couldn't find. But when I went through all the stuff at my parents' house, when after my father died, my mother sold the house, like I kept that book like incomplete. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, there are these like weird sort of memories, right? That go along with all this kind of stuff. Um, and I, you know, Robert Allen wrote in, uh, I guess, pretty good segue, right? Uh, to that, uh, it's a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. Why is that? I, I don't know. It just seemed it seemed really weird. Yeah, because it just happened. Because it was natural. <laughs> huh. uh, so, yeah, I mean, there is this weird thing about physical objects, right? It's like this doesn't really mean anything to me. You know what I mean? Uh, well, this, this book, but I it mean, doesn't it, have to mean anything to you. And and sometimes that's that's a realization in and of itself. When I, when I was going through mom's things and even my dad's things, their things didn't have to mean anything to me. I, I felt as long as I acknowledged that they meant something to them, I didn't have to hold on to that same meaning that they had. The, the, the objects didn't have to have the same meaning for me 
that they did for them. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I but but I mean things that you had that were both of yours or 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 things that were yours, it's like it's still just a book with stickers in it, you know. But but to me it's somehow more than that. You know? Well, sure, sure. It, 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 the, the, the personal meaning transcends yeah. what the thing actually, yes, it's paper and glue and yeah. ink and dye and all that. But to you, it's, it evokes, it evokes your father. You know what else it is too, is that when I forgot about it, right? Like we'll just use this book as a, as a totem for our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I forgot about that. This thing actually existed. I forgot about going in and sneaking packs of stickers. I forgot about trying to complete it. I forgot that, that emotion of, 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 of trying to satiate this, this, like, I just want it to finish. You know what I mean? Right, that, that, right, like right, little, right. that thing you get when you're seven years old. Right. Um, until I was like looking through everything and I came upon it and there was like this sort of like, Oh my God, I, I remember that. Oh my God. Like all just rushes back, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it was this moment in my life that I had completely forgotten. And granted it's a moment of a life of a seven-year-old. and It was probably a month's total time, you know, but, but there was like this, this, it felt like I was, I was remembering a dream, but the dream was actually real, you know? And I think that that's, so it's, it's funny how sometimes it's not, even things that we remembered existed. Like had I never gone back and looked through that box, I would have forgotten about that thing and lived a perfectly happy life. Right. You know? Right. But then I did see it and now it's like, Oh, well I should hold on to that. That's one of the handful of things I should hold on to. Um, do you, do you have a lot of things that, that belong to your dad? Uh, no, I have actually very, very, very few things that belong to my dad. There, mm-hmm. there was a, there was a, uh, did I ever talk about the Michael Jackson room? I had to have. Um, uh, the Michael Jackson room. Yeah. So, so my father, you know, on these record stores and he sold a lot of copies of thriller enough that he and his brother and some people, my father was very handy. used to like build, built a room off the back of our house and uh, with these like uh, uh bay doors that opened up, swung open. And then my father got a little plaque that said the Michael Jackson room. And it was like, it was just like a conversation thing that my father was just weird about. Anyway, so when my mother sold the house, like the plaque, the little two by three quarter inch plaque that was on the the door ended up in a plastic bag, right? Because like, what are you going to do with it? You can't leave it there. You know what I mean? But that's right. So I have the Michael Jackson room plaque in a box in 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 the in the in the closet. Huh. And it's so but there is this weird thing where it's like, well, I can't, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have that many things. Um, but the things that I do have are, and are, are, are largely, um, they wouldn't mean, not only would they not mean anything to anybody else, no one else would know how they were related to my father in many ways. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I'm, you know, did, I mean, did you keep anything like a, like a, a tool or something that was your father's that like, um, meant something to you? I have a few, I have his gun. Um, oh, right. The gun. Right. Forgot about that. Which is buried away. Um, and, and again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an object. It's, it's not, it's not for anything other than it reminds me of that, that evening on the freeway when we broke down, Yep. you know, and that well, was that, that was the moment your father trusted you. Yes. And it's one of the only moments as a child anyway, that I, that I can point to that. Yeah. Um, I have, I have, uh, his lunchbox. Um, I have a couple of shirts. 
Like old school lunchbox, like working on the railroad lunchbox? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, I used to have his his hat because he really did have one of those like little goofy striped, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The railroad hat. Yeah, yeah. He really had those. And and I, I don't I don't know where that got to. Um I have more things from mom than I do. I have a lot of her books, love a lot of her yeah. Bibles. She had a, a massive collection of Bibles and I have most of those. I gave away some of them. Yeah, I have my father's um, Bible. I got that. My um, my sister kept a small bag of like his clothes because they still smell like him. Yeah, that's I have a few shirts that still I have a, yeah. I have all of my mom's well, most of her jewelry. Yeah. Um But what's weird is that like when you and I die, like when you and I go, right. <laughs> assuming we don't have anybody to pass it down to, um they're just going to be a bunch of things. It's weird. It's almost like they're, they're, they're echoes of memories, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they, they only mean something to us because we saw the original to anybody else. It would just be, you know, a pin or a stupid plaque or, you know what I mean? Or, or, yeah. or a Once shirt from grandpa so are removed. It, it ceases to have any relevancy. Yeah. And it's, it's real. You know, there used to be that, um, <clears throat> that, that sort of, I'm going to use the word primitive, but it's not really primitive, but you know, the whole idea that, you know, certain cultures, even after somebody died, you know, they weren't actually dead until everyone who, who knew him was dead. Mm-hmm. You ever hear that? Like sort of, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're still alive in the memories of the people who knew them. But at the point at which, and, and I was, I was reading about the, did you see that Titanic video thing that was up yesterday? Uh, was, yes. Which, that was heavy. The real time thing is that what? Yeah, you're the, yeah, it was a real time animation of of the Titanic sinking over two hours and fifteen minutes or something. And anyway, it got me looking up stuff about the Titanic. And the last person who was a survivor of the Titanic died in like two thousand nine. She was a two month old baby at the time. Mm-hmm. And and you just but you you like think about that and you're just like okay, so now the 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 Titanic is really is dead now. You know what I mean? Because everyone who was there. Sure, is sure. And that, I mean, that in the same it. that we are, we are getting close to like World War II veterans. We're, we're you know, fighter pilots are, are there are only a few left that flew yeah. in World War II, and yeah. and we lost. Uh, oh, what was the guy's name that was uh, World War One? Yeah, Buckles? I don't remember Buckles something or other, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I do I do get what you mean. Yeah. Oh, hey, Drew, Drew just tweeted and said he has his dad's Yashikam at one twenty four, his overcoat and his trumpet. Yeah, uh, Frank Buckles, by the way, is his name. Ah, okay, that's what. It is. Uh, but yeah, it's so. I mean, I don't know. These things are. It's. It is really interesting how we 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 connect with these things. And I, you know, I sometimes I wonder if if there is the same thing with the the you know the digital stuff. You know, if 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 having my hundred and fifty thousand images if that really is the same as if I had physical objects of those 150 and how much I, more you, or less I'm attached to them. I don't think it is. I mean, I, you don't think it's different or you don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same. I, I just got a new printer uh, and I've started going in and printing some of my favorite photographs and my reaction to the printed photograph is much different than my reaction to looking at it on the screen. So if you had the printed version and you had the digital file on your thing and somebody said you need to delete one digital. Yeah. Keep the print. And I've, I've gone in and, and, and in pencil, I've, I've written down where they were taken 
and then signed and dated them. Yeah. But again, that means like those mean something to you, but like, you know, if somebody finds those after you die, will they just like look through them and go, Oh, he has some photos of some city that he went to. You know what I mean? I hope that they will, whoever finds it or whoever even looks at them will, will at least acknowledge that that's what I found interesting in the world around me. Yeah. These are some examples of, of what drew my eye, my attention, my interest, because I don't, I don't shoot a lot and I print even less. So, so if I, if I went to the trouble to print it, I would hope that anyone that would find it or even look at it while I'm alive, I would hope that they would ascribe some sort of meaning to it. If only that it had meaning to me. And again, yeah. it doesn't have to mean anything to them, but acknowledge kind of going full circle, but acknowledge that it meant something to me. Yeah, sure. And I, and I think, I think, I think that's everyone's hope, right? That, that they, that <laughs> people will think that what they spent their time doing was interesting and worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can, can I read this, this thing, the mythology of things? Sure. Yeah, Robert let's, Allen. Let's go. So, so Robert, as Bill mentioned, Robert Allen listener, uh, sent us an email, uh, that goes as follows in response to the last couple episodes. I feel the need to share. You've touched on a topic very close to me, reducing my pile of things, be it physical objects or the 82,000 images I culled down to just over 5,000. That's a massive culling man from 82 to five. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, I have a theory about reductionism, things, and why it is hard to let go. I don't know if I came up with this or read it or read something similar elsewhere, but here it is. And it's called The Mythology of Things. And I thought this was really beautiful uh, and uh, asked Robert if it would be okay to share it. And, and he, he said yes. So He, he so said we, no, so we're doing it anyway. He said yeah. So, you know, we're live, man. Suck it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the mythology of things is an object, what we care about, or is it the mythology surrounding the object? I have things I really like things that I would be bummed if I lost. My bikes are special to me. They're nothing more than a few bits of metal, plastic and rubber, but they became more. The memories surrounding them are things that I really care about. The object, the objects remind me of these experiences that I had. They create a mythology about this object that takes it beyond just a bike and elevates it to something more. The mythology of our lives is tied up in a scattered collection of things we keep, things we've lost, the memories we so desperately try to hang on to, the stories we tell of the past and our dreams of the future. Maybe this is why people have such trouble letting go of objects. These objects have, through our experiences, become a part of us, a part of the story, the mythology of us, me, and you. And I love that. So, and it's right up your alley. It is right up my alley. Um, But I think there is a mythology that, that, that we, that we become inadvertently a part of, or, or sometimes intentionally, but, but oftentimes, you know, your story with the baseball cards, you had forgotten this, this section of your life, whether it was a week, a month or six months, you had forgotten about it until the object brought that back into focus. The object yeah. brought that back out of the dark. I remember reading an article about somebody was writing about like decluttering your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they talked about was, let's say that, let's say there was some, I don't know, stuffed animal you had as a kid or something like right? You couldn't get rid of. 
um, just it was like too sentimental to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. That some, of, of course, it wasn't actually the object. It's, it's how you felt while looking at the object that was the really important thing. You know, right. the, like if you swap the object out for one identical to it, that wouldn't be the same object. You know, that's not the one that I had when I was a kid. Um, so they recommended taking pictures of things that you wanted to throw out so that you still could look at them and have the memory, but you wouldn't have to carry the object around. I and, have pictures of a giant stuffed bear, a yeah. giant, like a four and a half foot tall smoky bear that, that I, Jeffrey, I was talking about you. I was trying to keep it quiet. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I have a picture of this bear that a friend of mine has. Right. Like spot on. Right. Right. And, 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 but the, and it's funny though, that like the, the next closest thing to the reality for us is a picture. Mm-hmm. You know? Can I tell you, it's really interesting that the, the, the bear, I, I have pictures of, of him. I've had him since, or I had him since I was like, I don't know, three years old. How big is this bear? It's like four and a half feet tall. Holy he was crap. A, a smoky bear with like little jeans on and he had a little vinyl belt, like a little mock leather belt. And he had the little, the little, uh, smoky bear hat. He had a vest, but the vest got lost somewhere. And he told you that only you could help prevent forest fires. Only I could. But he, he wouldn't fit, you know. It was giant. And he was falling apart. You know, he's getting very threadbare. And, and you know, my stepmother had repaired him several times where, where you know, just the, 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 the material started just rotting. It was very fragile. So I photographed him. Uh, and then I took all the stuffing out and folded him up and photographed him that way. And it was, I, I, I look back on the photographs just I was looking through them just a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And I was just, I got, I got all sad because I'm like, uh, you know, I don't have this thing anymore. And though I do have this, this portrait, you know, that I took, cause I kind of set him up and, and did him kind of as a portrait, but then the sort of no filling version of him just. Or it's made, deflated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, it made me kind of sad. But I do have the photographs and it's actually one of the photographs that I'm printing is, is that one thing. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I agree with Robert and you that there's this mythology of our lives and these experiences are, are sort of elements of, of the story of us, you know, Mm -hmm. but do you think that that's just our wishful thinking for meaning in our lives? No. I think they do become important. I mean, look, when I, when I moved here, I mean, you all know the story. If it didn't fit in the car, it didn't come with, with the exception of books uh, and my bicycle. But everything else, if it didn't fit in the car, it didn't come with me. So I had to be very judicious in what meant something to me. What was utilitarian? I mean, obviously, I kept clothing. Uh, but the things that I kept were things that really meant something to me. That I, that I could see as something beyond metal or, or plastic or fabric or, or whatever that, that they did, they, they did and do represent a portion of the mythology of my life. Yes. But they represent that to you. Would they mean anything to anybody else? Again, I hope that in looking at this collection of objects that someone would be able to glean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A bit about who I was, what I found joy in, and what was important to me. Yeah. I just, it's like, I think about that stuff even with my own thing. Like if I was, I mean, it's different now being with somebody and married and whatever. But How is it different? 
Um, you, you still have things that mean something to you, and you have the the addition of things that mean something to both of you. Yeah, no, it, it, I don't mean it's less than. I just mean that it's different in the sense that it's it'll it's unlikely that say both of us are going to die at the same time. So if, if I died before Conrad, all these things would still be around her, and things that meant something to me would mean something to her. Like it would just continue that on a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are things that mean something to the two of us that are meaningless to anybody else, you know, and really don't remind me of anything except for my feelings about my wife. You know what I mean? There, so there, there are those things. God, that's weird saying. Um, Shouldn't be. Yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's only weird just because of the terminology. Um, yeah, but uh, you say it a lot. Why is it weird? Uh, just because I never thought that I would be married. So just saying wife is a weird thing. Hmm. Um, wait, 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 don't, 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 don't move on so quickly. Yeah. What's, what's weird about it? Uh, I never thought that I would be as, that I would deprecate myself to the us as much as I have. But you, you've gone from even, it's taken you a while, but you use the word wife a lot. So are you trying to convince yourself that it's okay? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's okay. It? No, it's just, it's more of just like, it's weird. Cause I really never thought that I would be married. So just saying wife is just kind of, it, it's, it's almost like a running joke, you mm. know, uh, just cause it's like, oh yeah, wife, you know, it's like, it's like, well, that sounds silly. Cause I don't have a wife. It's like, oh, right. I have a wife. Um, yeah, no, it's not anything like bad. It's, it's more of just like, it makes me snicker in my own mind, uh, whenever I say it. Um, Hmm. but, 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 but the point is, is that like there, the, the, the us has subsumed the I, and that's, that's also a weird thing. Um, how so do you, do you no longer, uh, acquire, collect things that are just for you? No, uh, No, I do, but, but, but the, you know, it's there, there's a certain element of, um, it's, it's, it's not that I, not that I can't or don't. It's just that like, it's, it's not as interesting to me to collect memories of just me. I mean, sure I do just in the course of doing it, but like it's, it's, I see it more as building a mythology with somebody else as opposed to my own mythology. Do you approach that differently? I mean, are there different considerations? Are you more conscious, less conscious? Uh, I, I think less conscious about it because, you know, I was thinking yesterday I was, I was in the park taking some pictures for my new series and it was really beautiful. It was like 78 degrees and the grass was green and everyone's sitting out on it. And some people are doing homework and some people have kids and some people, whatever, you know, it was like, it was like the, the, the course of humanity out in front of me, you know? Sure. Um, and I'm looking at it and it's one of those things where I just, I got some bad news about a relative and some health issues yesterday. And, and I was talking to the guy I was taking pictures of and I said, you know, there's so many times when, when bad things are happening or, or when you're dealing with crisis or, or whatever. And, 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 and you, 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 you don't notice the good times when they're good. And I said, you know, it's like, I, I'm realizing that this is a very, I will look back on this time in my life in a very positive way. And I need to actively notice that more often, you know, it's like, things are good. Like you should, you should, you should take a deep breath and smell the roses while things are good, you know, cause they won't always be good. 
Um, and, and, and so it's just, I think, I think it's, it's that sort of thing, but if anything, it's lessening the reins than I used to when I was younger, where I would try to force things to be meaningful or, or try to extract meaning out of things that did or did not have it as opposed to letting things put meaning on me versus me putting meaning on them. Do do you, you, you said something just now, do, yep. do you actively believe that it's, that it has to get worse? No, no, no. I, I'm sure there will be other good times, but there will also be bad times, mm-hmm. you know, just, it's just a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when there are good times, I, I want to be cognizant of that fact and try to experience them as more than just, you know, there's always stuff going on in life, right? There's always things taking up your time or little minor emergencies or, oh, so-and-so is annoyed with so-and-so or I'm fighting with a client about getting a check or whatever the stupid like little niggling kind of things are. But in reality, and, and we let those things, we let our scale, like sort of the, the ruler of emotions, shrink and grow and contract depending on our situation. You know, when, when we know that really these things are a, a 2 out of 10 on the scale, they feel like an 8 out of 10 because we haven't had any 8, 9s, or 10s lately. You know, and, and so I'm, I've been trying to like remember, like, you know what, these, these, are, these, are just, these are just little things that don't really matter that you're going to even forget why you were upset tomorrow. You know, next week you won't even be remember what you were upset about. So sure. why are you upset about it today? Um, my my great grandma used to say, uh, chances are you're going to get glad in the same clothes you got mad in. Exactly. And so, you know what? So yes, I guess with, with building memories and building my own mythology, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to let myself be, um, moved by the world versus me trying to move the world, you know, like try, mm-hmm not holding on so tight. Are you less precious about your work? No, if anything, uh, well, no, I, in fact, I'm, I'm precious in a different way, uh, just as precious or more. So just in a different way. The one thing I don't really let go of is my work hmm. because that's well, cause it's the one thing that really is nothing without me putting effort into it. Right. So I need to put that effort into it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause otherwise it's, it won't exist. Um, you know, it's one of those few things that, that doesn't come to me. I have to go to it, but that's what's so, that's, what's so lovely about it. You know, that it's, it's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a feedback mechanism, you know? Um, I don't know. So it's, it's, man, life is a weird thing. I guess that's all I'm saying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, it's, it's just interesting how things change over time. Right. You know, and, and the things you, the things you think are important or not important. I, I was reading this, uh, Bill Bryson book, the summer of 1927 one, which is really good, by the way, if anybody hasn't written it, read it, they haven't written it. They haven't written it. Bill, sure anybody else hasn't written yeah. it. Uh, and, and, you know, they talk about Babe Ruth and they talk about, you know, uh, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Lindbergh and, you know, all this, all this, all these different people, uh, over the course of this summer in 1927, and, you know, it's hundreds of pages long. And then at the end, they have like a little epilogue where they talk, give one of the like, this is what happened to all the people in the story kind of thing. And so many of them, he died and at the age of 36, you know, or whatever, he died at age of 42 or, or he died at age 27. And you're just like, oh my God, these people, I'm older than a lot of these people who in this book 
changed the world and died. And, and, and that's not to say that I'm like behind or it's nothing like that. It's more of a, you know, I, I am, I am in the thick of it and, 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 and I need it. life is passing by and I'm starting to enjoy the passage of time in a way that I would stress out about before. Hmm. Um, it, it, you know, here's the thing. So many, like there's so many things in life, there's certain things that are going to happen, whether you fight them or not, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, no matter what you do. So there's no reason for you to f- try to stop that from happening. It's going to happen. You sure. Know? So use that, use that energy for something else. And that, I mean, that's like the stupid version, but you understand what I'm trying to say. And that's, that's the case with everything. It's like, you know, how people act towards you, how, you know, your, your work is going to go in ups and downs. Like maybe you go out today and you shoot and the pictures are crap. And it's like, well, you know what? It's going to happen. There's going to be days when you don't get anything good, you know, then there's going to be days where you're jumping up and down. Cause you're like, most days that's I it, don't that's get it. anything good. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's exactly I like it. that though, because then it makes the days that I do get something good all that much better. Yes. Yeah. And, and, but, but, you know, I, there were times when I would be really mad at myself or I, or I'd see somebody else's really good day and I'd be like, Oh my God, my stuff's crap. And it's like, Oh, well I, instead of that, uh, you know, but it is crap and that's okay because you're going to keep going and then it, then it's not going to be crap. Right, right, right. Or, 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 you know what, that that's, that's okay. Because like, if anything, I should be really happy for them that they had a good day because there will be a time when I have a good day and they have a bad day and that's just reality, you know? That's just life. Um, so it's, 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 uh, it's, <laughs> I feel so old. I feel like, you know, here's the thing, Jeffrey, but like you, you, a you couple, worry about that way too much. What? That I feel old. Yes. Oh no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not worried about, it. I say it, but I don't, it's not, it's not worry about it. Actually. It's just, it's just that my entire mindset about life has changed significantly in the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised in the same way with the wife thing. Like I'm surprised of where I am and how I feel about it. And so when I say that I'm old, I don't mean that like, Oh my God, I'm old. I, uh, it's more of just a, wow. Like uh, I'm like this strangely differently mature person than I was 10 years ago. Oh, and I, I didn't I don't expect think that to happen at all. I think you're older. <laughs> Let's not, let's not throw that let's, in the mix, <laughs> but there is this like weird, uh, I like it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like I've, I, I'll look at friends of mine or people around me and I was, and, and, and they'll say something or do something and I go, Oh, they haven't figured that out yet. You know what I mean? Like they, they're, they're still in that stage of what, thinking about what have you figured out? You haven't figured anything out. Who are you kidding? I figured out you some stuff. You have not figured anything out. I figured out a few things. You're still as just as screwed up as you were four years ago. I figured out the keyboard command for uh, uh, changing a path into a selection in Photoshop yesterday because I forgot it. Nice. <laughs> See, I am old. I forgot a keyboard right. command. <laughs> uh, what, what, you, we have something. What is this? Did you put the photo renaissance thing in or did yeah, I? Yeah. You, well, you know, you put the, so you put the thing in last week about the camera sales, right? Right. Okay. And I, I think that our show and and not just our show, but let's put our show on the curve has sort of ridden this wave over the last, let's say 2000 or 2004 or five when digital SLR started coming out before mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. like the original digital rebel. It's only 12 years ago. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, camera sales peaked and, and everyone had an SLR and everyone was carrying a big camera bag. And, and I, you know, I think, I bet you a lot of people who listen to our show are saying, oh, yep, yep. That's when I started taking pictures, you know, 
Um, and now the camera sales are going down because more people are using phones and whatever it is. And it's not really that, that, that people are taking less pictures. It's just like, it's gone from being a niche to a hobby for a, a millions and millions of people to being what everyone does all the time. It's almost like the whole photography thing, the, 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 this renaissance of everyone wanting to be a photographer and everyone wanting to be a professional photographer has, seems like it's calmed down a little bit, maybe just cause there aren't that much work for a lot of professional photographers, but that it's sort of diluted to the point where everyone's a photographer because everyone's just like taking pictures on their phone all the time. And even the word photography, I feel like that the, the whole, the whole life cycle of this trend has sort of uh plateaued on the other Wait, side the of the trend the of what of, the of trend photography of pictures. Yeah. Of photography being a big thing. Like photography wasn't a big thing. 20 years ago not like it is I, now i don't agree with that at all oh, i don't think the renaissance least, is over at all you don't think it's over okay no what, what, no what do you think has happened in the last five years i i think that that with with the democratization of photography with 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 photography becoming so much more mainstream you know the the, the what, what is it what is it rising tide raises all ships or something what's what's the what's the euphemism uh, the uh, rising tide. Uh, is that what it is? Tide yeah, raises tide all ships. You know, as as there are more and more podcasts, more and more blogs, more and more magazines. Well, magazines probably not a, a good example because they're drying up. But but there's more and more conversation around photography. People are getting better. People are are uh, shooting more. They're sharing more. I I think it is an amazing time to be a photographer. I mean, look, you've got you've got Pentax, who a lot of people. Let's be honest. A lot of people, you know, didn't think that they would ever be a contender again. But you know, they've got the six four five Z. They've got they've got the K one that just won. You know, like best full frame DSLR. Of, you know, something that Digital Rev. I forget what the award was, but okay. You know, you've got fantastic tools. You've got you've got fantastic. Uh, you've got a darkroom in your pocket. You've got a sharing mechanism in yeah, your pocket. You've got yes. all this stuff, and it's just going to get better. Yeah. It's, the the ability is just going to get better. So so, it's a different type of a renaissance. It's a the renaissance is is finding relevancy. The renaissance is is finding how to get what you do, what you are creating, out into the world and get eyes on it, so people can see it and enjoy it and and build and build a community around it. What we have done with this show, not to not to beat a dead horse, but there are uh, one moment, please. Uh, how many people? What, 1,696. So if you're listening to this right now. Oh, in the group. In uh, the group. In the group. If you're listening to this right now, go join the OTP group. Let, get us to 1,700 before the end of the show. You've got about 20 minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there are all of these people who, who have said, and we've gotten emails about this for, for years, literally for years, saying that, that I never shared photographs publicly until now, or I've never been part sure. of a group until now. So this 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 saying that it's over mm, i don't buy that at all uh, no, I, I, you know you're okay you're you're we're conflating two things no i don't think it's over in the sense that people aren't taking pictures anymore but i think that the 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 speed of improvement of all the tech has slowed down i think less people are buying big cameras i think less people are expecting to to are are are, are becoming content with having photography be a uh, a hobby and not their living. 
You know but why I mean? shouldn't it be a hobby? It should. No, no, no. Be a hobby. I'm, it should I'm be fine a hobby with all first. of those things, but but I'm what I'm saying is that like I feel like the the sort of the gold rush of photography has cooled off. I guess this is a better word than than renaissance. Hmm. And if anything, now it's become a mature platform that 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 people are using to now create and share and communities and all those buzzwords you just used. Absolutely. But but I feel like the, but, but see, that's the difference. I don't think of them as buzzwords. I know you. Don't. I I I, th- I think the the word community, the community around around what we we've done here, is very real. It's not a buzzword. It's not gimmicky. It's not link baity. It's important, and uh, what we're doing is important. Yeah, absolutely. And we couldn't have done this ten years ago. It, well, sure, because the technology, the internet technology, wasn't there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But but I I don't know. It's just like it feels like less people care about more people care about photography in the sense that everyone's got a a phone in their pocket, but it seems like there's less. I mean, look, the, the, the Kelby thing, you know, breaking apart and him slimming down his staff, the sales of eBooks, the sales of workshops. I mean, we all have anecdotal evidence that these things are, are way down from what they were two, four or five years ago, you know, like, obviously, there's a shift happening in the industry, is my point. Sure. I, I think a lot of that has to do with those things that were once w- within the realm of, of only being, uh, you had to pay for them to get them. You can now find that Stuff information a lot of different places. Yep. You yeah, can find you it for right. free. You can talk to your friends. Hey, how did you get this, 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 this? Uh, I, I hesitate to uh, to throw in the towel on photography. I hate to call it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying that photography is dead. I'm just saying that I feel like photography has been so democratized that what it is right now is just a part of life and not a separate thing, the way it seemed to have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe it is. Who? Maybe yeah, I don't it know. More people sharing the world around them. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've seen things and pl- I've seen things you people wouldn't <laughs> believe, right? Um, we can't talk about those. This is a family right, show. Little, 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 little Roy Batty uh, reference for you. Um, but I've, I've seen and been able to go on journeys with people. And that's, again, I keep, I keep going back to Instagram. That's one of the reasons I love Instagram so much is because I can see a body of work, a point of view, a way of seeing the world that I would not have been able to see otherwise. And yes. if and if that is not a good thing, I I I don't know, man. Oh, well, I'm not saying it's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, you're you're putting a lot of value on what I'm saying. Um, what I, all all I'm saying is, and and Fielding just wrote in saying, you know, you're mostly talking about the professional industry specifically rather than photography at large. And yes, that's ex- it's right. it's that that is a big part of it. Yep, absolutely. Right. Uh, the actual the the business of photography has has changed to the point where it's like it almost is non-existent, you know, or, or not, not non-existent. It's, it's like, it's just sort of blended into everything around it, uh, around itself. Um, it's just, it's just, I feel like, I feel like the, the feeling, and this isn't nostalgia. It's just, it's just sort of like an observation that like the, the, the sort of gold rush mentality that I felt from 2005 to say 2012 isn't there anymore. It's very different. Uh, the photography world. And maybe you weren't really into that stuff at the time. Cause you know, you were, as you admitted, you had only started really taking pictures again, you know, six, eight, six, seven years ago. Right. Well, and it's, but, but the other side of that is I've never approached it 
approached it as a profession. I've never approached it as something that I need to do or want to do to make money. I enjoy it as a pursuit. I enjoy it as an activity. I enjoy it as a science, as an art, all those things that we talk about. The commerce end of it isn't a part of it. And I don't know that it ever will be. It might, it might not, but it's certainly not something that I'm consciously pushing towards. Yeah, I guess the commerce is is just one small part of what I mean. Uh, I'm having a hard time putting it into words. I mean, I did, just, did you ever did you ever pursue photography as a pleasure without a commerce component? Oh yeah, for years. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, sure. I <laughs> I largely am now. I don't. I I very rarely think about anything that I do in the photography world as far as like what this will do for my career. And like, I don't really, I don't think like that, you know, uh, I shoot what I want to shoot. Um, and then, you know, if it happens to make money or lead to work, great, but I'm not, you know, um, hmm. I, I, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I've just, I feel like we're on the, we're on the other side of a curve now into some sort It you know what it feels like? It feels like the, the, you know, the, 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 the wild west has been chopped up into, into plots of land, you know, 40 hmm. acres. And, 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 and now we're trying to figure out what the next step is. Cause there is no wild West anymore. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's 1870 in the wild West and not 1830. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward, uh, in photography. Um, cause I think the landscape is always shifting and I get, you know, it's always been shifting, but I think it's shifting, faster now than people even think um so i guess i will have to see what happens in the long run uh hey did you enjoy doing your uh smackdown composite i did do you want to talk about our sponsor first or after are we, we okay to- on time yeah we're we're at about an hour we can talk about the sponsor if you want we got a new sponsor we do uh new sponsor is parachute parachute home i okay so this is this is really cool may i may i tell Go a ahead. story yeah, yeah. Tell a- so so uh, <laughs> Can't uh take it to the bridge take it to the bridge yeah so uh hattie reaches out to us and says hey we've got a new sponsor parachute and they want to the sheets and and home products right mm-hmm. and they want to send you uh they want you to be able to talk about you know the product authentically see if you dig it so they want to send you some sheets and uh you know these are these are not uh i don't know from sheets but these are not inexpensive sheets no is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I would totally buy these sheets. They were okay. When I was a kid, my grandparents had, and I, it's it's just weird that it evoked this kind of memory. But my grandparents um, had on. They used to always use these particular kind. They were like these thicker cotton sheets. They were like farmhouse sheets. I don't know. They just reminded me of like, and maybe because they came from Nebraska, so they may, I don't know. Maybe they were different. But they had these these particular weight and and feel of a cotton sheet, uh, and they had a chenille bedspread. Uh, but I remember very clearly these sheets, and these sheets by Parachute completely remind me of those types of sheets. Oh, they did like the, the heavier, little more. Yeah. Because like, it's hardy. a heavier, it's a heavier, like a, yeah, a hardier. I, I don't I have no idea what the thread count, you know, people are like, hey, you have to have a 900 thread. I don't care. Don't care. They are so incredibly comfortable and they totally evoke that, that sort of sense memory for me of, of being a kid at my grandparents' house. 
Well, that's a good sign. That's all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all you want to say. Was like, the end of it was very, it was, I don't know where else I was going to go with it. But so thank you. I guess thank you to, to Parachute. I don't know what we're supposed to say about him. You've, you've got the thing, but. We, yeah, we have a read, but. Uh, you, you, know, you Okay, do, go ahead and do the read. Okay. I'll chime uh, in if I, if I have to. All right. Parachute, online betting brand based in Venice Beach, California. You know Venice Beach. I have spent. You spray painted Venice uh, on hey, those sh- things. Sh- nothing you can prove. <laughs> <laughs> Shush, mister. Hey, a great sleep starts with your sheets, and Parachute has created a line of everyday bedding essentials from sheets to comforters to give you superior sleep, Jeffrey. I, you know, I've got a hashtag for you, Parachute. If, if you're listening, which you should be, and if you're not, you should be. Uh, sleep happy. That's, sleep that's, happy. That's nice. Sleep happy. Yeah. And you know what? They've got, they've got a, Parachute has a, their website is straightforward, easy to use, uh, makes selecting bedding easy. You just select the items you want and they're delivered straight to your door. Super easy. Uh, look at my Instagram feed to see how they come. They come. They are so cute. They are, yeah. they are, they're, they're in little bags, like little cotton bags with little, with like little, it's not raffia. It's like a, like a twine that they're, that they're, it's like you're receiving a package from, from, you know, parts unknown. <laughs> I like parts unknown. They have good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you get free shipping, free returns, 30 day, or I'm sorry, 30 night. Uh-huh. Right. Risk-free guarantee, so you can rest easy. You can try these sheets out, and if they're not what you want, just let them know. Parachute also gives you safe sleep. They partner with the United Nations Nothing But Nets to uh, to send life-saving bed nets to fight against malaria. That's some Gates Foundation stuff right there. Uh, yes, it is. So they're saving lives. Uh, so you know, it's it's really really great. We you know. Jeffrey loves these things. I do. I, I want to try I, the linen ones. I, I'll be honest with you. The linen, because. Man, have you ever slept on linen sheets? Yeah, it's it's, it's a different experience. It's it's nice. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm planning on putting mine on my bed tonight. So I'll like next next uh, ad read. I'll let you know what I think about them. They they're beautiful in the packaging, though. I will say. Yeah, uh, they're really neat. It's like a. It's like. Do you okay? Do you, hmm, is is Banana Republic's a thing out here? Right? Is it is it been a, a thing out here for a long time? Out in the west Co- in the east coast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Did it start in 1986? Okay, so <laughs> Banana Republic used to be like a travel outfitter store and they would send out these little catalogs like these safari paper, yes like these little paper catalogs about the size of a moleskin maybe uh five by eight five and a half by eight and a half something like that and it and there were little there were little stories that went on almost like a uh like a trader joe's of clothing if you can imagine that yep and you would go in i mean you could buy like you know safari pants and those 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 crazy uh uh photographer like photojournalist vests with all the pockets in them yep yep or pith helmets or you know I what like I, those yeah uh and and they would have like 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 uh very elaborate like a jeep next to a stream you know like a crashed jeep next to a stream in I love the, the store. oh yeah we're right like do going you, through the front window yeah do you remember yeah. that kind of oh, stuff oh sure yeah so it it used to be this kind of travel outfitter store and this parachute stuff their 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 packaging and their whole vibe feels like that you know like like you have just kind of kind of stumbled into this sort of uh uh um travel safari outfitter type of I I dig it it's very very cool. So you, thanks, parachute. If you, you, you know, if you want to send more stuff, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'd you like can, to. I'd like to try your towels. Just saying, you, you, you know. can go shop online at parachutehome.com uh, for new sheets, duvets, other bedding essentials, and receive twenty five dollars off your first order using the offer code OTP. That's uh, parachutehome.com offer code OTP. Uh, yeah, and by the way. Apparently, thread count is a marketing gimmick. You can read all about it on Parachute's blog, blog.parachutehome.com. 
And uh, you want to learn how to fold a sheet? Parachutes blog. And, uh, you know, the 40% of Americans sleep without a top sheet. What's your stand? What do you think about top sheet? I always use a top sheet. I, I, I use the top sheet and the duvet cover. I love, yeah. And I've got a, an old, uh, very old blanket that I've had for many, many, many years. I, I'm a duvet guy. And then uh, whenever I use a top sheet, it always gets kicked off the bottom of the bed by the yeah. end of the night. Oh, so. and the, okay. The pillowcases is the other thing I like about their stuff. The pillowcases, the seam is on the back. So, oh, that's good. So it kind of folds over like a little placket yep, yep, instead yep. of just being a sack that you put your pillow in. Yeah. So it's not coming in the side and sliding right. out at night. Right. Yeah. Love it. All right, Parachute. Thank you so much for supporting uh, 5 by 5 and on taking pictures. Yep. Thanks, guys. Um, so SmackDown results. What do you got? What do you think? What was this fun? I had so much fun with this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I loved this. I, I, had, I had a blast. Um, it's funny that we, that we both used... The, the main guy. Excuse me. Yeah, the, the main guy. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Freddie... Was it Freddie? Wait. Google Plus just... Isn't bringing it up on you? What did Freddie say? But, but I don't know, because Google Plus just died. Stupid Google. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Google for jerks. Stupid jerky Google. Uh, hey, why'd you go black and white? Well, okay. It, it, it's funny. Freddie Freddy pointed something out. He said it, it reminded him of, of, a, of a classic Star Trek episode, which it, the guy that, who I have, I have dubbed the Spoon King. Yes for some reason, remind me, uh, reminded me of like, you know, Kirk trying to do Shakespeare, you know, that, that, that sort of overly dramatic, I don't know. It just felt, it felt like that's where I wanted to go with it. So, so there was, um, uh, uh, it was kind of a combination of, of the, the, the you know, like the, I am Kirok where he was the Indian. Yep. Was, do you yep. remember that one? Yeah. And then, uh, um, oh, what was it? Edge of, was it, was it edge of or guardian of forever? Edge of forever. Guardian of forever. Um, you know, so I did this whole ring of the rocks around it. Like we were, you know, I don't know. It was just fun. And like, like the whole, the whole uh, thing that they jumped through in, in that episode to get back in time, you know, that's kind of yeah. the recursive. It's, I don't know, it was fun. I had a good time with it. Wow. It okay. There's a yeah. lot going on. Yeah. I just, you know, it was a very eclectic group of stuff. I, I pulled out a little, uh, a little um, puppet warp. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to, to play with one of the girls sticking her butt out. So to make this misogyny statement. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's funny, you know, it's what it remind what it definitely makes you think though, is like when you're really doing composite stuff, getting light to match is like 90% of the battle. Uh, and so yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's we, because we just had such an eclectic group of stuff, you almost had to just make it a little more silly than a real hardcore thing that you would try to do. Uh, yeah, I ended up flipping a lot of things. Um, yes. I used a lighting tool and relit some of the things. Um, I used a lot of dodge and burn to even some things out. So it wasn't yeah. quite so dramatic. Uh, yeah. And the, uh, um, uh, yeah, I ended up, uh, doing a lot of, uh, tinting. Like I tinted that guy. I made him color, even though he was black and white in the shot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, went in and colored him in. If anybody else wants to take these and make one of your own, feel free to do that. Cause that'd be yeah, fun yeah. too. Just, you know. Play with all the stuff and do your own little weird SmackDown. Not using the Spoon King, maybe. Spoon King. Right. Spoon King. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Uh, God. <laughs> ah, pudding. What, why are you like stirring trouble? <laughs> just trying to whip something together. Oh. 
Uh, wouldn't you like to use a metal spoon? Right. Uh, uh, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, so that that was fun. Uh, do you want to talk about Critwell? Hey, and if you guys are listening, girls, guys, yeah. and if you have assignment ideas, uh, you've got a few minutes. If not, we're going to have to just, we're going to have to decide, you know, and then it's, and then you have nobody to blame but yourselves. All right. So first up, some crit walls. Uh, how did we know? What did, how did I? Sahidus Maximus? Sahidus Maximus. Sahidus Maximus. That's a great name. There was a, just a regular Sahidus. Not this guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this, this guy was. That's funny. No, it's a great name. Where are you from, Sahidus? Uh, so it uh, looks like uh, one light or window light uh, and a little little reflection on the other side just to fill in a I little think bit. Maybe one light doesn't it, the shadows look too hard to be a window light? Doesn't uh, it? Yeah, but it could be like evening sun coming in or something. But let's assume for the moment that it's a flash. Yeah. Um, black and white, interesting. Very very stark. You know, I was uh, I was I was watching something the other day and somebody was talking about. When they have, when they're shooting people where there's light, oh, you know what it was? I was reading about faking sunlight through a window by using like a cookie, like a dappled kind of thing in front of the flash to like break up the flash to make it kind of, right. you know what I'm talking <laughs> <Sorry>. about? <laughs> Sorry, Pablo just tweeted, spoonking.com is available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be careful, Jeffrey might buy it. Um, funny. Where where he was saying that whenever he's using hard direct sunlight, you know, like that kind of look, that he always has the subject turn their face all the way to the light so that you don't get some like really hard, nasty shadows, mm-hmm. uh, especially like, you know, the shadow that is that his nose is is right. Kind of is, casting on his cheek. Yeah. To the point yeah. where it's like distractingly casting. Right. It's mm-hmm. like if he had turned his face like another like 15 degrees to where. The, the the shadow is mostly on the side of the nose and not completely covering his upper cheek. Um, I'm assuming that's a he, right? Yeah, yeah, or maybe go the other way where it's... it's, it's or or it's turn even, him away, yeah, so there's yeah, nothing on the right side of his profile. face. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very stark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. find myself wanting to see more detail on, on the right side of his face. Uh, uh, camera left, uh, stage right. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, it could either, yeah, right. Either you want to turn him a little bit. So it's sort of light straight down the middle of his face, you know, like it's split right down the middle or mm-hmm. have him turn more into the light so that it's a more kind of standard thing. I like the way the light looks like I'm fine with it looking that way, like on his ear and on the, on his right mm-hmm. shoulder and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just the, 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 it's a little distracting. What do you think about the crop? Could it be tighter? Should it be? I like it. I I like seeing Oh, damn it. I just whacked my mic again. Sorry about that. I was pointing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you do understand that this is a video. No, it's, it's not a video. It's not video. Go ahead. Oh, radio. Say about the crop? Uh, I, I like that, that negative space out there kind of drawing us over into, into what he could be seeing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I don't, I, I, I wouldn't want to see this cropped. I like seeing him on the left and negative space on the right, but I like negative space and I don't, or, I don't or figure it. out a way to open up the, I'm wearing a hat of some kind, but you, it, the cat gets so lost. It would be the great if you could have distracting. The band of the hat is a little distracting. Yeah. Unless you could see a little more of the hat. Like if you could see the edge of the hat somehow, and I don't mm-hmm. know if there's, it's a, there's enough in the file to, 
try to uh, dodge that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like where it's going. It's almost, it's almost getting into this sort of George Harrell kind of old schooly, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. But I would like to see either, either him in silhouette, you know, the, his, his again, camera left him uh, stage right in silhouette or a slight little pool of light behind him to give him some separation and see a little bit to your point to see a little bit of that hat detail. Yeah. I mean, you can do the hard nose light, but it needs to be more down and away a little like the sort of loop lighting kind of thing mm-hmm. um, in order for it to really work. And I feel like this is like, it's try it's too much in between. It should go. I like the mood the of the shot though. Quite a bit. Yeah, me too. It's good. Uh, Maximus. Love it. Yeah, I do. I do love that. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's uh, you want to look at Lance's? One? Lance. Now, okay, so which Well, there there's uh, a they're they're sort of okay, a set, so on all of them to... he wants them. Um Well, they, I mean technique? they still have a similar feel. I the one I like the best actually is the last one of the guy running the trail in the woods from above kind of. It you mm. know it reminds me of uh uh Wilkening's like shaky cam stuff. Uh I what which one do I I think I like the first one the best. Okay. Yeah, I mean the first one I feel one's like I'm running classic. along with him. Yeah. Could you keep up with that guy? He looks like he's in pretty good shape. He's got a monster stride. And you've got to- a segue. <laughs> so <laughs> Wait, just, just, hey kids, turn down your radios for just a sec. Uh, uh yeah i i like i like kind of the desaturated color in these yep and I, the I, sort of pan and pan zoom kind of thing yeah in fact i think on the second one i would pull down the color because the the red is okay but that blue and the orange are pop really competing they pop too much yeah same yeah. with the girl with the the chartreuse or, or magenta rather uh tights it's interesting that, okay, in the first one, he's obviously moving with the runner and the background's blurred. Second one, the runners are blurred and the background's static. The blurred background works way better than the blurred I love runners. that third one, the detail on the shoes. That's a cool shot too. Although I think the tree branch takes up a little too much. I'm, I'm, I maybe would have cheated over a half a step to the left. I think that tree branch in the foreground takes up a little too much of the real estate or cheat to the right. So the tree branch is going down the middle and the shoes are on one side and then there's more trail on the right hand side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I probably would have gone that direction personally. Um, Cause yeah. at a certain point, if you get that tree branch, like, so it's only what a fifth of the frame or something as opposed to a third <laughs> of the frame, then it's like, well, why don't you just paint over a little more and get rid of the damn tree branch? You know? Um, I like the separation though. I like the depth that it gives us that yeah. we, we are, uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of coming around the, the side tra- of the tree. Yeah. Tra- we're coming yeah. around this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, so yeah. And I, I like this last one. I mean, he, obviously the guy's whites on the guy are a little blown out in the, in the back mm-hmm. of his thing, but I do like, there's something about kind of coming in from above. This also feels, I wonder where this is. Where's Lance? Um, cause this feels like, uh, the kind of this is the kind of woods that I grew up in that I would run around when I was a kid. Like Where are you, woods Lance? around our house. Uh it has definitely has that feel. Pennsylvania. He lives yeah. in Pennsylvania. So is this is this So let's assume it's Pennsylvania. So yeah, it is the same kind forest. of woods. Yep. It's uh like as my father would say, all these like little trees, obviously like at some point that land was cleared or something, you know, because they're all like eighty year old trees. Um my father used to call them junk trees. Hmm. Ah, we can cut that one down. It's a junk tree. 
Yeah, I like uh, this. I, I like the the body of work. The motion, by and large, is good. I do think it works, and some of the comments from from folks in the group uh, are kind of the same. I do think it works when there's a little more sense of motion in the background. Yep, it feels absolutely. a little awkward to see to see the background so static. Yep, absolutely. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. Yep, the moving with the runners is great. Uh, good. All right. So, how was the assignment last week? Let's pull it up. See how people did. We had our assignment last week and they had theirs. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Traveling. A lot of really good traveling photographs. Lots of really good. And, and. Uh, Went in a lot of different directions with it. Too. Yeah. A lot of different directions. Oh, uh, Liam's one they just put up with the, with the guy in silhouette with the smoke behind it. It was pretty great. Oh yeah. Traveling back in time. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Lots of cool interpretations here. Um, Jack Newman. Uh, little, little horse and carriage shot. Florian has a new baby. Cute. Uh, Tanya, night traveling. For the record, I hate this bridge, but I was commissioned to shoot it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> also, I want to try again because the cars on the exit ramps weren't cooperating. Bastard cars. Wait, why does she hate the bridge? I don't know. Tanya, why do you hate the bridge? Like she thinks it's ugly? I don't know. I don't know, man. Okay, I think it looks pretty cool. Wait, the, which one does she not like? The cars... Exit ramps weren't cooperating. Those broken lines. Oh. Uh, Andrew, I like this shot of the coast. I'm not a big fan of sandy beaches. You're not? Nope. I like rocky beaches much better. Uh, Matheson, that's a cool post box. What's, I wonder what the, is it packages and like larger envelopes in one? Does it all go to the same place? Yeah. Is it is it a ruse? Is it really separated inside or it could they be, just... It could be local and not local like local and and outside of the area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh i that's uh i really like the colors in this one are great this is one of my uh, uh favorite matheson shots of, of recent thing mike waller's picture of the people with the old suitcases is crazy yep, too. i like that i like that good stuff yeah really good uh jim Azevedo. uh who does that remind me of uh, de, uh Lorca de corsia uh could be wait, wait, wait jim Azevedo. those signs Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or um, oh no, 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 no. It's uh, not. It's not. Oh, at the what the hell's the guy's name? That Conoco sign. Yeah, is it Stephen Shore stuff, or is it? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's not Stephen Shore, but it's the Conoco. I think it's a Conoco Phillips sign or something. But yeah. uh, n- nice. I like the compression of all of the the signs there. That's really cool. Um, oh, sometimes well, I wish okay. I had a long lens so I could do that kind of stuff. Cause you really need that like long lens compression. Yeah. To, to compress all that stuff. Uh, Mo Morgan. I, I love the, uh, the horizontals and that sort of austerity of the two travelers just sitting there on the bench. Yeah. In the airport. Yeah. That's nice. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, Florian travel. Oh, I like that vertical shot. Again, I said it in the comments. I would like to have seen the hint of a silhouette of the aircraft. Okay. But, um, yeah, lots of good stuff. Lots I can see that stuff. People are traveling all over the place. Well, traveling's a good one. It's like uh, open ended. Uh, travel to DC. Uh, all right, we need we need one for this week, and uh, uh, we don't have one. So what do you think? Uh, I threw out companion. Uh, how about um, um. Uh, how Let's about see, uh, it's, it's it's four it's four it's four years it's anniversary. What about cycles? Cycles, sure. 
cycles. Or, or, we're, in an, or, we're in an election cycle here in the U.S. Yeah, we are. In fact, uh, today is the, uh, the primary in the state of New York. Cycles. Whoops. Wrong place. Wrong place. <laughs> uh, very, very cool. All right. Cycles. Cycles. Are people going to put, uh, what's it called up? I don't know. We are. Bicycles, tricycles. I saw a guy a riding a, a unicycle up in Boston the other day. You know, I got to say something. So people who are in Boston, my favorite painting is up there, the MFA, right? That, that uh, sergeant painting. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm in Boston, I go and see my favorite painting. But they moved it into this new hall where it's sort of right when you walk in the doors of this like glass building. Uh, you walk in from like an a- indoor atrium into this new wing and it's sort of tinted glass wall that you walk through to get into the thing. But it is in such a way that any any standing in front of it from any normal angle, you just get a huge glare from the huge window right behind you. And I'm like, hmm. did no one think about this when they built this place? That this is a terrible place to put a piece of work or or even if you just tilted the wall by 15 degrees, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because it's a wall that kind of sits in the middle of the room kind of thing. Hmm. Like just tilt it a little bit. It's like it, it, it used to be in a smaller room and it used to be lower to the floor. It's amazing how placement of a piece of art can completely change. Like if I saw it here now, I probably would not have fallen in love with it in the way that I have. Because it's really hard to see where it is, you know, and there's also if you're sitting down at this at the bench, there's glare from these lights on the ceiling that make it really hard to see parts of it. So I don't know. Anyway, if you're at the MFA and you have a reason for this happening, let me know. Uh, Just want to throw that out there. There is a there is a if you get down to D.C. uh, sometime spring, summer, there's a new show that just opened at the National Gallery called Three Centuries of American Prince that uh uh prince has been around for three centuries that's right (laughs) you couldn't tell from his passport photo (laughs) sexy uh (laughs) uh, fielding's friend michelle said it's fantastic okay and uh said you it's you really have to see it so i'm gonna try and go see it uh this week uh wander down there it's it's on view it just opened april 3rd and it's on view until july 24th it's called Three Centuries of American Prints from the National Gallery of Art. Okay. I think that that's good. I will put that on my list. Uh, what do you want to, uh, who, who you got Photographer of the Week? Somebody sent Photographer of the Week. This was sent in, this fellow was sent in by Peter Geyser. And uh, this is a, uh, a, an East Coast Baltimore fellow, Aubrey Bodine. I'm, I'm assuming it's Bodine, not Bodine. Like Matthew. Yeah, but yep. that's Modine. I know, but I'm saying the Dean. Yeah. Uh, so uh, according to the website, the, the website is a presentation of the life work of world-renowned photojournalist A. Aubrey Bodine, perhaps Bodine, a photographer in the pictorialist style who worked at the Baltimore Sun for 50 years from 1920 to 1970. Think of the changes, 1920 to 1970. Yeah. It's a Man, I mean, some of the world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so well, look at that. We're living through that kind of stuff now. We just, you know, you don't notice it when you're in it, I guess. Right. Right. Uh, Baltimore I, Sun has a terrific uh, set of like 50 something photographs from him. And you know, some of it is very sort of Walker Evansy or or yep. even into uh, Winograndi. Um, I wonder how captures- his I wonder how his feeling about work and his way of working changed over the years because of the change of style going on in photography. You know what I mean? 
Like maybe when he started out, it really was Walker Evansy because he was around when Walker Evans was around. You yeah, but I mean? would 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 we consider Walker Evans a pictorialist, or was he a documentarian? Well, I, uh, uh, no, because see, Walker Evans is one of those guys who I feel like was first of all he moved a lot of stuff around, so he was creating stuff all the time. Um, and and I feel like even if he was shooting things as they were, he was shooting them from the point of view of less. See, I don't look at his stuff as documentary. I, I look at it as a very much a point of view on a mm-hmm. place in time. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to, I mean, I, I'm looking through these pictures now, but they're not in, uh, in, um, in uh, chronological order. I wonder how things would have changed over the years, you know? Yeah. Looking at them. Sorry uh, you, to interrupt. You can like these signed prints, uh, from 8,000 up to 20,000. Wow. Yeah. Well, he died in 1970. So there were, been around for a while. Look at that Bethlehem Bethlehem Steel Company picture. My God, yeah, those those like steel factories in Pittsburgh and stuff, unbelievable. Uh, and and you know and 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 obviously Baltimore and stuff. Like when these cities, when all of these white collar cities were what they were, you know, mm-hmm. wow, whole different, whole different. Uh, uh, look at the, the, the number thirteen eclipse over Mount Vernon Place. Yeah, on the first Baltimore Sun link. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Guy, uh, not messing around, but interestingly worked at a newspaper, but, but we would, we would find no trouble in seeing these pictures on a gallery wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that is, is part of what I mean, even about the Walker Evans stuff is that like, yeah, has that changed? I mean, like, look, there, there are the guys for the times who take portraits who are really good, like the oh, Frank Conrad and all those people. Oh, my gosh. Oyster Tonger, 1948. Look at that. 27. Number 27 on the uh, Baltimore Sun site, that first jumping, Baltimore Sun link. to it. Uh, yeah, look at that. Do you, do you think, but do you think that, the, the, that we will look at today's stuff in the same way? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I would love to talk to octogenarian photographers about what, what they remember about the aesthetics of photography and what drew them to photography or what was considered a good photograph. Yeah. And has that like, somebody who, who, who can speak to how they personally felt about photography 50 years ago. Sure. And, and how that, Can how the that? taste. <laughs> Sorry, <What? God. laughs> Again, turn down your mics, kids. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, you know, and see how that has, has changed because we, we, we always look at these things and go, oh, wow, what an amazing photograph. But are right. we responding to the quality of the photograph or the quality of the world around the photograph or the world in which the, the photograph was, was, was made? Yeah, or, or a combination of Or both. a combination of all three. My both. guess yeah. is, is that it would be much like whenever I asked my grandfather what he was thinking, like, oh, when you had to go off to war and your wife is pregnant or whatever, like, what were you thinking? And he used to say to me, we didn't think. You kids think too much, <laughs> you know? Like, we didn't have time to think. We had to go to work and to war and fight Hitler right. and whatever. I, I think probably these guys were just like, I, just, I wasn't thinking. I was taking pictures. They needed well, the yeah, picture for the magazine. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they they acted. They acted. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they but, just uh, they got the job done and the art came, f- 
came from the job. It wasn't imbued into the job. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I, I would love to, to, uh, <laughs> talk to somebody like that. And, uh, there's a, there's a series that he did called the dignity of work that reminds me of that pen series. Uh, uh, oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. With what the, was it called? The small, uh, what the hell was it called? Small, not small job, small job, small, something like that. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about. Yep. 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 But that, that's what it reminds me of. It's, it's Bodine's industry or Bodine's industry, the dignity of work. And it's in, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, the black and white world of workers conquering tasks, large and small is the subject of Bodine's industry, the dignity of work. A recently released book of A. Arbery Bodine photographs edited by his daughter, Jennifer Bodine or Bodine. Uh, it's also the subject of an exhibit, uh, I'm sorry, of an exhibit of 70 photographs at the Baltimore Museum of Industry that runs, this was in 2013 and 2014. That, I bet I would love that book. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that is also right up your alley. Look at this, look at this picture, I'm going to send it to you in the Skype, of the guy blowing, blowing glass with, while smoking a cigarette. Oh, jeez. He's got like a sort of Dizzy Gillespie cheek out to one side. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes for those of you who want to catch it. That's crazy. Uh, Is this book available? It is available. Uh, Yeah, it is available. Amazon, $31. (laughs) You're like sold. Yes, I am. Oh, there are a few. Bo- uh, Boudin's Chesapeake Bay Country, A. Aubrey Boudin, Baltimore Pictorialist, 1906 to 1970. Oh, wow. There are a few. This is great. Aubrey is a, a family name in my family. I went to high school with a guy named Aubrey. Aubrey Carroll. Yep. My grandfather's name was Aubrey. And Aubrey Bodine was City, The name. photography of A. Aubrey Bodin or Bodine. I wish some, I have to find out if it is Bodine or Bodine. I wonder if he ever shot color in the 60s and the 50s. I couldn't find any color work. Yeah, it's all black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, speaking of black and white. Yep. Uh, so I've been reading this this Aperture book. Okay. Uh, and and I ordered uh, the chemicals to make D23 developer. Okay. So I'm going to try uh, making some. It's, it's metal and sodium sulfite. Uh, sure. But sodium- that's it. That's it. That's the that's the developer. Uh, sodium sulfite. Yeah, that's what I use to to um, do the um, polar fifty five to fix the polar fifty five negatives. Hey, speaking of which, uh, I tell you. Oh, I, I sent you a text. Yeah, apparently there's some guy who has taken old polar fifty five, stuck them in a humidor for weeks or months, and it rehydrates the crystals in the packs, and you can use them. How do you know when it's when it's ready to go? Without Experiment, I guess. You just have to go shoot it and see yeah. if it works. So huh. you can buy like cheap humidors on Amazon and stuff for like 40 bucks. I mean, all I really need are, what I probably could do is just get a big sponge, saturated sponge in a plastic box, you know, like a sealable container, mm. and put mm-hmm. them in it just to keep the humidity up. Uh, I may give it a shot. Uh, he says the negatives come out better than the positives, but all I really want is the negatives anyway. We also, you know what I'm going to do? Cause I, I finally, uh, remembered to do this is, is to order some of that new 55 developer. Remember the one stop developer, one stop oh, developer. Right, 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 right. I'll do that this week and maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll try actually just shooting and developing my own stuff and see how it is. It's as much as I'm interested in even the polar 55 stuff, as much as I'm like excited to do it again, 
I always feel like in the middle of it, I'm like, ugh, like all of this work to get like one picture, which you might not even be happy with, you know, con- like conceptually or, or lighting wise or whatever, you know, um, it's a, it's tough. It, it's, well, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, everybody's got their thing, man. They do. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, oh wait, Millie asks, do you take a request? Sure. Millie, what's your request? What do you, what do you got? Yeah. She said breaks over. Breaks over. Well, Damn it, Millie. A wild yes. man, Aubrey. Isn't that great? That shot by Pablo? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a book. Um, I think he only did it for himself, though. Um, anyway, so Aubrey, A. Aubrey, Bodine or Bodine. Look at the, the guy changing the light bulb. That big, ugh, man, this good is good stuff. stuff. I know it. I know it. Um, I might buy myself an anniversary present. Oh boy. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. You can tweet at us <laughs> or find us on Instagram, Bill Wadman and Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, or leave us a voicemail like a bunch of people did this week. Three, four, seven, six, eight, seven, 94, 11. And uh, thank you very much to all the good wishes. Uh, you see what I'm up with? Yeah. <laughs> go, buy your, go buy your book. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Right. And uh, we'll be back next week for 209. All right, see you later. Tip. Say what you wanna say I know what you will say Will you